Welcome to episode 38 of Gears and Beers, the live portion of the Life Short Live Free podcast, where three mostly unqualified gun lovers talk about gear we love, gear we hate, gun industry news, and usually about 14 topics that we didn't plan on. Tonight we do plan on talking about the rare breed trigger company versus the ATF, the future of firearms, and the new Smith & Wesson MP12, I believe it is, and a couple of other small subjects. Our panel tonight is made up of, a, as always, Mr. Andrew Johnson, along with Sam, the owner of Shyworks, and I'm your host, Box. This show is sponsored by Shyworks, Iowa's preferred Cerakote applicator, and ballistic imagery. Sam, tell us a little bit about Shyworks and what's been going on. Yeah, we are a, a Cerakote certified company. Um... So basically what we do is you, we take your gun and you give us an idea how you want it to look and, and we make it happen. You know, we do anything from crazy Cerakote jobs to, to stippling, laser engraving, that sort of thing. Um, so pretty much whatever your idea, idea is, we can, we can handle it from a, from a camo to a crazy uh, bush light theme. We've done tons of those or even made a gun look like a chainsaw. So uh, give us a shout on uh, our Facebook here or shyworks.com or any of our other social medias, and we can help you out. If, and if you use uh, code LSLF10 on our website, shyworks.com, you get 10% off the, everything in your cart. It's lasered mags, backplates, mag bases, patches. Um, I think we got some shirts and stuff up there. So, yeah, go check it out. Absolutely. I just have to jump in here johnson this video is frozen on his on the cheesiest fucking grin he, he looks like a, a, a teenage yeah. teenage girl talking to their crush he or something does. Hold <laughs> on. Yeah. i gotta get a picture Aww. of that that's, that's precious johnson that is precious <laughs> yeah that's fun i don't know like it looks good in the call i don't know why it's stuck on everything else yeah that's strange <laughs> that's fun Maybe it, turn your video off and back on, and it'll pop. Yeah, back I up. can. Oh, good stuff. Jumped around. Anyways, we are also brought to you by Ballistic Imagery, photography, videography, and wall art for those of us that love freedom. Take your business to the next level by giving it the look it deserves. We can provide you with product photos for your website, lifestyle shots for an advertisement, content for your social media, or even film a full-blown commercial. Whatever ideas you may have, it if it involves a camera, bring it to Ballistic. Or if you're just looking to hang something on your walls, check out BallisticImagery.com and use code GEARSANDBEERS for 10% off your order. Ballistic Imagery, bulletproof quality. See for yourself on Facebook, Instagram, and BallisticImagery.com. And that's that. Yeah, Johnson has one uh, right there, down in there. I got one right back there. I have like six and, uh, lying on the floor over there that I probably could have grabbed, but... I got another one out in my office and a third one down in the uh, down in the podcast studio. Joshua um, Stokes, you can order them new short shirts. I think he's talking. Oh, about, those that you're he's wearing. Talking about this one, yeah. Um, actually, I'm not sure yet. I got a bunch of. I got several new designs that uh, we're going to put on the website. Um, it, it's probably going to be a few weeks before these are before these are good to go. But I am working on it, and I will announce it as soon as they are up there. So. When Sam says it's going to be a few weeks, it's it's going to be about six months, folks. You know, <laughs> guys, just plan on a maybe first, early second quarter, twenty twenty two. Hey, hey, I've been working, I've been working super hard on it. You guys, you guys, shush. 
Okay, well, how about we get into the show? Let's uh, start off with a little bit of news. Johnson, you want to tell us about Smith & Wesson's new offering? Yeah, so... We got a picture Smith here. Smith & Wesson uh, come out, they they really teased this new, this new product really hard, like all over social media. Um, and it came out and it was a shotgun that... Nobody asked for, I guess, but they were pretty pumped on it. Um, it's so, uh, what's the dude's name from, uh, PFB TV. He called it a, he's like, I don't know why people aren't calling this style of shotgun a bull pump. Oh yeah. It's kind of a, a pump action, uh, bull pump style shotgun. Um, 19 inch barrel holds 15 rounds. So seven and seven plus one if you're using two and three quarter inch shells or six and six plus one if you're using three inch shells um which it is rated for overall length is only 27.8 inches with a 19 inch barrel so it's pretty darn good um it is heavy though so it's 132.8 ounces which is 8.3 pounds so it's a hefty unit it is a hefty gun, and that's um, that's uh, that's un, that's unloaded too. Yeah, so that you, is unloaded. So you throw fifteen rounds in there. It's gonna yeah, you're be... gonna have a ten pound shotgun for sure. Um, but I will say that'll probably help with some of the recoil being a pump action shotgun. Um, if you don't have like a semi-auto gas system or reciprocating bolt or anything, take up any of that recoil. So the weight will help. Um, comes optics ready, uh, which also means no sights at all when you get it. So either you need to put a red dot on it or some kind of iron sights. Um, it does have a vertical grip on the pump, which is M lock. So you can remove that if you want more of a traditional pump handle <laughs> and it integrates kind of the integrates like the, the removable palm swells that, that they use on their M and P pistols. Um, so it is a dual magazine tube shotgun. It's really, really similar to the, the KSG from Caltech. Um, but it is quite a bit more expensive. The MSRP on this is 1165 is what they're advertising. Um, so it is rather expensive. I mean, I think that's like 300 bucks more than the KSG. So it is a bit more pricey, but from what I've, from the couple of videos that I've seen on it, it is put together a little better than the Caltech, which isn't hard to believe, I guess. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's gonna, it's dual magazine tube. So if you flip it over to load it, you can load each magazine tube individually. Um, it is a bottom ejecting just like the KSG. So very, if you're familiar with the Caltech KSG, it's a very similar design. Yeah. That's so pretty much what it so, is. So is there anything, I mean, like, is there anything revolutionary at yes. all about this gun or is it just another, another shotgun? Just another shotgun. Honestly, it's, I mean, it's their take on a KSG in my opinion. I mean, it's, there's been a few, you know, double magazine tube, uh, bullpup shotguns like this. And this right. is just another one of those, you know, but it's nothing special. I, I suppose it is special in the, in the way that Smith and Wesson, to my knowledge, has never had a shotgun. Have they? 
Uh, that I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously, know not. obviously they, they offer ARs, but I have never heard of any, any, you know, any other rifle or shotgun that Smith and Wesson has offered yeah. um, back if, in the day or something. If I'm wrong, guys, correct me in the comments. Um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of the only thing cool about it. They're, you know, getting into, uh, another, um, area, I guess, but yeah, they, yeah. they had the model 3000, at least in the seventies and eighties. That's just the first one that came up. So, yeah. Um, it does take, I will say a couple more notes. It does take rem choke, uh, choke and choke, uh, accessories, um, what else do they got on here? They're, oh, they've got the M lock. So the other thing that sets it apart from like the KSG is it is a metal frame, like an aluminum frame receiver uh, or a steel frame receiver, I think actually. Um, but it's not just a plastic receiver and all that shit. And it's got like a nice aluminum kind of chassis to, you know, top cover, um, with M lock and stuff on it. So, I mean, from what I can see, yes, the build quality is a bit better than the Caltech, but I don't know. It is also three hundred dollars cheaper or more expensive than the Caltech, so it's kind of a toss up there. It's right, yeah. If I'm spending, if I'm spending eleven hundred and sixty five bucks, I'm. I don't know. I'm probably going to go for a semi auto. Honestly, I don't know if I'm really into this pump action bullpup. How many market. how many rounds does it does it hold? Uh for two and three quarter it'd be fifteen. Fourteen plus one. I mean that's the that's the allure of it, I guess, but um Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I don't know. I'm not overly thrilled by it, but I'm not gonna knock it, I guess. Most most uh Smith and Wesson fans are upset about it. They all thought it was gonna be something else. Everyone, if you look through the comments on all their release announcement posts on Facebook and stuff like that, everyone is like, we've all been shouting for a 10 millimeter pistol for how long yeah. now? And this is what you give us. And it's true. Yeah. Like, so that's like all it is. People just wanting a 10 millimeter and they give them a bullpup shotgun that nobody could have gave a shit less about. To be fair, though, when was the last time a major manu a major manu Remember, I used to say that all the time in the first few episodes. <laughs> you guys gave me so much shit about that. Um, when was the last time a major ma major ma manufacturer such as Smith and Wesson or Glock or you know <laughs> one of the big boys released something that there just wasn't an immediate outcry of this sucks and why'd you do this? You know? Dude, I mean, think about it though. Let's think about it though. HK. Block. All these guys do this all the time. They always fuck it up. People want one thing and they just go, how about this instead? Yeah. Right. We right. want a Glock carbine. How about a 22? Maybe that's just, huh? that's HK. just, we want the MP5. Been saying that for 20 years. We'll give you a kind of a neutered shitty version. Okay. We actually want the MP7. What do you guys want from us? We want an MP7. How about the G36? No, no, right. nobody. Huh. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, but you know, G thirty six of that. Yeah, that's that's the way it is. I mean, and I don't know if that's just because we're in the age of social media and people are gonna bitch no matter what they do, yeah, or what. But yeah, who knows? Nick, am I auto MP seven? What the hell's wrong with you? No, you want a full auto MP. If you're gonna dream, dream big, Nick. 
<laughs> yeah, that is a disappointing statement right there, Nick. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, but what were you saying the other day, Box? Uh, if you shoot for the moon, you'll land in the stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't tell people I said that. Come on, don't think I was serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Anyways, moving on to the next little bit of news story. Uh, True Velocity, that company that has been working on the composite-cased ammo, they actually got a deal with the military a while back, I believe. They are yeah. now offering 308. It is now commercially available, although it is rather expensive it is 70 dollars for a 20 round box but that's just kind of the initial release i'm sure once once they figure it all out and they they can keep up with demand and shit it'll probably be a cheaper round i mean what what i oh, i missed your initial statement what exactly is this 308 what it, the synthetic case it's the okay, composite sure. case the true velocity right. remember mm-hmm. right yep yep so, um, did you, is, was there much about it? I, I mean, these are just, I assume single round cases. You can't reload them or anything like that. I don't remember if you can or not. We, I know we talked about that. We talked about these when they first right. were coming up, but I don't remember if that was, I didn't do too much cause there wasn't any, this isn't like a huge story or anything. So I didn't do right. too much digging on it. I don't remember. I can't. I cannot imagine that you possibly could reload them because even brass, like it expands to the, to the chamber. So plastic is going to do the same thing or polymer is going to do the same thing, but you couldn't resize it without heat. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Somebody, somebody Google that either one of you two or I'm on their website right now and I'm trying to find anything about it. They really don't, make any kind of uh statement on it anywhere that i can find um they do have like a civilian market area on here um oh where did it go here we go the commercial line uh they talk about long-range shooters and the advantages that it has flexible internal case geometry adaptable neck tension um, extreme concentricity, precise powder drop technology, yada, yada, competition, hunt of a lifetime, trust, true velocity, but they, and like for long range guys and for hunting guys, reloading is a major part of that. Mm-hmm. And they, they just go on to say that trust, true velocity, deliver your bullet to deliver your bullet exactly where it needs to go. And then they just put some pictures of the cartridges in like dirt and leaves and then that's just the bottom of the page hmm. they, talk, they got one little blurb there and that's kind of sam you were talking about the pressure expanding the casing that it could be that since it's out of composite it could be that it's flexible enough where it doesn't it just expands momentarily possible, possible also I mean, but I then, have absolutely um, no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. But then you couldn't like, I don't know. I feel like the neck, you know, cause you always, I mean, a lot of, especially in semi-auto rifles or ammo for semi-autos, you, you crimp the neck a little bit and you couldn't really do that, but who knows maybe, but there are some benefits to this. I mean, it's, it's a lot lighter 
than um, than brass, brass yeah. is a, is a, you know so theoretically our troops in the field um, etc can carry a lot more ammo um, a lot easier so there there's some benefits and frankly I think that's going to be I, I see this as a good thing um, obviously you guys know me innovation Sam um, but I, I think this is kind of eventually I think it's going to be the future of well depending on where we go from, you know, um, other sources of ammunition. But I think this is a good thing. I'm, 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 I'm stoked about it. Well, and they have their own caliber as well. Didn't they, didn't they propose a new cartridge itself? Um, when they were trying to get like this contract, they got a contract for, I think it was like that, the new uh, squad automatic weapon or whatever it was. What was that? The next generation weapon, the 6.8 or something like that. Yeah, the 6.8 was, TVCM. I didn't, know if it, I didn't know if it was them. I thought it was just another caliber. I didn't know it was them that came up with it. Yeah, the TV is true velocity. And I don't know what the CM is. That was um, uh, that was part polymer, I believe, if I remember right, too, um, to, to make it oh. a bit lighter, if I remember right, wasn't it? All of this is okay um all the true velocity ammo is the polymer case I, no I, I, no i mean the machine the gun we were talking about oh the gun it might be yeah i'm i'm fairly certain um nick asked if could heat treating reform it i'm sure um in 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 some way or but the just problem, be... and the problem with plastic is as soon as you heat it you're i mean in is plastic starts losing not any plastic but a lot of types of plastic start to lose. I mean, kind of just like brass, once you reform it so many times and heat it and reform it so many times, it starts to get really brittle. And the same thing's true with a lot of plastics. So yeah, I don't know how reusable this stuff would be. I'm going to guess not at all. Actually. Now that I think I, about it, that's what I would guess, but probably, probably a good call down the road. Maybe, you know, it might be. Yeah. Who knows? Hard to tell. Yeah. Well, that's all I had to say about that little little ditty there. Um, did you know they are making fifty BMG in this ship? Really? I yeah. think they. I saw pictures of it earlier. Yeah, they're doing five five six NATO, six and a half Creedmoor, that six eight TVCM, three oh eight and seven six two NATO, three thirty eight Norma Mag, and fifty BMG. Yeah, or the calibers ballsy. that they're producing. Ballsy. Um, on their, they have an FAQ on their website that says, no, true velocity ammunition is not designed to be reloaded using commercially available reloading equipment. We do not recommend attempting to reload our cartridge cases. There you go. Makes sense. People Makes will. Makes the sense. Yes. Well, you've got to try. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the problem. They just haven't tried yet. They didn't think of it. <laughs> we'll be the first. Okay, moving on. Sam, you have some fun news about Mexico. Yeah, the freaking Mexicans are suing U.S. gun manufacturers, um, which, I mean, that sounds a little bit ridiculous. Um, but what they're doing is they, they filed a suit in Massachusetts, again, in, in U.S. federal court against, I think it was like a... 11 major uh, manufacturing uh, gun manufacturers, Smith and Wesson, Barrett, Beretta, Colt, 
Glock, um, a few others, and they are seeking, get this, $10 billion. <laughs> it's, there, it's like it's fucking a, Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil. I just watched that the other day. $10 billion. Um, I wonder if like the guy was like, uh, $10 mi- uh, more? How much do we ask for? Billion there's, dollars? There's, there's a guy in the corner going, more, more. <laughs> yeah, so the Mexican government brings this action to put an end to the massive damage that the defendants caused by actively facilitating the unlawful trafficking of their guns to drug cartels and other criminals in Mexico, the lawsuit said. Um, they're claiming that uh, the government, and of course now keep in mind this is the Mexican government and they're like one of the most corrupt governments on the planet. They're estimating that 70% of the weapons trafficked to Mexico from the U S uh, they, and this was in 2019 alone, at least 17,000 of them were linked to homicides. Um, but there's no proof of this obviously. Um, but the, if you got to really, if you understand the situation of what is going on in Mexico, this is the most absurd um, lawsuit in the history of lawsuits. I mean, the the cartel basically runs everything down there. Like I said, the government is so corrupt; it's just it's just beyond ridiculous. The cartel pays off most of that government, and then they coming out and 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 saying that somehow this is the U.S.'s problem. This is this is nothing short of the same thing Chicago does. They blame their gun gun crime on all the states around them. It says, well, if all you states around us didn't have gun, you know, such loose gun laws, we wouldn't be as bad as we are. But all the states around them don't have gun crime. It's just that concentrated area. This is the exact same thing of what's going on in, in Mexico. And this is solely on the Mexican government's refusal to do anything and, and, and root out the corruption in their own um, in their own country. Um, and there's uh, the other part of this situation is obviously in the U.S. in the early 2000s, gun uh, manufacturers are not immune, but they are um you can't just sue them willy nilly about, you know, if a, if a person buys a gun and legally and uses it in a murder, how is that the gun manufacturer's fault? So they're immune. There's a certain immunity to that, but Mexico is claiming that since that's a U.S. law that it doesn't apply internationally. Um, so anyway, they're seeking $10 billion. Um, and it's just the facts it's it's beyond absurd if you ask me because what are we going to go back to mexico and, and and sue them for all the drugs that they bring in or and all the illegal aliens that commit crimes and stuff it's um one of the things i was watching al jazeera tv actually did a report on this that i was watching and then one of the things that they claimed was is because of the such a, the open border to from the u.s to mexico that allows these guns to freely flow down to Mexico. And it's like, well, no shit, Sherlock. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Um, so it, it, I mean, it's pretty, it'd be, I would be utterly shocked if this lawsuit actually went anywhere um, because they, they really don't have a leg to stand on here. Frankly, I don't see. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I don't see it going too far, but it's just uh this is nothing more than a grandstanding, if you ask me, and pushing the blame to someone else when they're too much of a bunch of bitches to take care of their own problems. That's my take on it. 
Well, I feel like if they tried taking care of their own problems, their them and their families would be murdered. So. <laughs> well, that's not the U.S.'s fault. No, it totally but... is. Totally is the U.S.'s fault. All their fault. Partly because of the CIA, you know. Is that right? Yep. What, and why is that? Running all the guns down there. No. Well, there was a Fast and the Furious situation. It's a known thing. But my, my question is, they're claiming that the U.S. manufacturers are directly, my light just went out because it's hot in here. My, the, the manufacturers are responsible for this, and they're committing illegal acts by actively allowing this to happen. But I can't figure out how the hell they're allowing this to happen because any gun that a manufacturer manufactures and sells goes to a distributor or a gun shop or something like that. There's records of it. You can't just freaking buy a shitload of guns and, and haul them off to Mexico and just give them to random ass people. I I'm just confused how, how they're claiming that this is a gun. This is a manufacturer's fault in any way, shape or form. It doesn't make any sense to me, but no, well, part of part of I think their uh, justification of it being their fault was their uh, what the hell was it? Their promotional stuff, like all their marketing practices and stuff. So, it, in part of the lawsuit, it called attention specifically to a Colt 38 Super engraved with the image of revolutionary hero Emiliano Zapato. Right. Which they, they're denouncing. They said Mexico is denouncing these promotional practices along with other examples of negligence, like multiple weapon sales to a single buyer and the absence of background checks. They see that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, yeah, because all bullshit checks. Um, but yeah, that's that's like they're marketing to to Mexicans, obviously, in that you know, with a suit 38 special and the revolutionary war hero, dude. But that's not that's not they're that's not what what are they saying that yes, take these guns and illegally traffic them. Then the one thing, the last thing I'll say about this, um, the the prime minister or foreign minister or something like shit like that of Mexico was, yeah. was uh, saying that the, these gun manufacturers need to be held liable and, and be more responsible and they should put out videos to help combat gun trafficking. Uh, I, I, he literally said this, put out videos or something to help combat gun. I'm like, motherfucker, are you so clueless that you think a few videos Make yeah. these guys sit down and in the fucking HR department and watch some videos is going to solve the problem. And that in that is the fucking problem right there. This guy is so out of touch with reality that he thinks a few freaking videos are going to fix anything. There is your problem. Stupidity. That's well, if, problem. That's, if that's the case, let's fix it right now. Guys, just stop trafficking firearms. Yeah. Could there, you, could you, could you it. knock it off, please? You're welcome, right. Mexico. You can drop that that suit now. Josh, Josh has a good point in the comments. He says they're just banking on our spineless government to apply pressure in the right places to award them a deal somehow on a settlement out of court. That's, yeah. Yep. I can. You're probably not wrong. Totally see that. Um, quick note here, Box. Uh, I will say that 
YouTube chat is not coming through in our little box down here. Uh, Don's got some stuff in here. He says an evidentiary here, an evidentiary. Wow. That is a word that I can't say. Sam, take it easy. (laughs) An evidentiary hearing would show that the Mexican government fails to show cause. So yeah. Uh, he also says maybe the Mexican government should put out educational videos. Why it is bad to join a cartel that would make cartels disappear, (laughs) right? (laughs) valid point sir (laughs) absolutely oh that's good stuff are we are we still streaming on on youtube johnson yes yes okay something must have got fucked up i don't know with the uh, streaming software oh oh well uh moving on i just wanted to bring it to your attention sorry thank you um moving on how about we I don't know what to talk about next, guys. There's just so many good good options here. Let, I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to talk about rare breed or the future of firearms? Mm, both such good topics, Sam. You pick. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go get another beer. You two decide, and I'll be Oh, ready. my Christ. All right, so since Sam's not going to know much about the Gauss rifle, let's talk about that. Yeah, he, he really won't know much about that, will he? <laughs> no. Um, so what the hell was this thing? It was the arc flash labs, the GR one anvil. It is a semi-auto high quality or high quality, high voltage (laughs) Gauss rifle. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. Essentially it's, it's a coil gun and it's, it's like an electromagnetic rifle and it shoots half inch projectiles and you can get 40 shots out of a charge and it fires 100 rounds a minute it weighs 20 pounds unloaded without a battery <laughs> yeah and takes uh 10 round detachable mags yep and it fires half inch projectiles did i mention that already or no yeah, i think so yeah okay well it also the cost of this Three thousand three hundred and seventy-five dollars, <laughs> and um, and the and the charger is not included. You have to yeah. buy the charger you separately. Buy the charger separately, which I mean, it's sixty dollars, but for a thirty-seven hundred dollar gun, right? Yeah, that's. I think you can a, throw the fucking sixty dollar charger. That's kind <laughs> of a slap in the face, right? Yeah, and um, this thing is not powerful at all. You would think, ooh, a coil gun, electromatic, or a rail gun, or something like that. You've seen them fire off, like, uh, ships and shit. This, a whopping 100 joules of muzzle energy, which is about 75 foot-pounds, that's Mm -hmm. about what an air rifle is is shooting. And this is with a half-inch fucking projectile. So, I think... Yeah, so I'm not sure that this thing is, uh... Lethal, even. Oh, one hundred percent. I think the uh, the velocity of it. I think I saw was forty five meters per second, which is like one hundred and fifty feet per second. So, so they say it's up less to two hundred and fifty feet per second. Yeah, that's that's. There's no way that's lethal. I don't think it is. Well, like, unless paintballs it, are, paintball guns are shooting what three to four. Three yeah, is about topping it, topping it out. Yeah, I think three. So, I mean, really, if you think about it, 
if you're shooting a, well, this is about a half inch is a little bit smaller than a paintball probably, but it's, yeah, a, it's a chunk of solid, whatever metal. Yeah. Um, I doubt it's lethal, but that's going to, that's going to fuck you up. Absolutely. But I can buy a paintball gun and freeze the paintballs for, you know, 250 bucks and be into something pretty good. This fucker's four grand by the time I'm done with it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, what's, and what's, so you get 40 shots out of a 40 shots out of a charge, right? How long does it take to charge a 6S LiPo? I don't, I don't know. I didn't see that. Probably quite a while. So it's, you know, like they don't advertise the charge time, which I mean, 6S LiPo batteries are a dime a dozen. You can buy them anywhere. They're super commonly used in RC cars and stuff. So it's not like it's a, this proprietary battery that you can't get and shit, you know, but. Mm -hmm. But this is just like anything in in the. And technology wise, I mean, this is the first, to my knowledge, this is the first, um, commercially available weapon like this. Um, it's going to be, it's like the Atari. That thing was a hunk of junk, but you know, watch out, see how far it's progressed in, you know, 30 years. Think of where we're going to be with, uh, with these sort of guns, you know, 30. I mean, you gotta, and that's the thing is you gotta start somewhere. Um, I was listening to TGC news talk about this and he made a really good point that, you know, nothing is going to be that innovative and still until we stop sending bullets with fire behind it. Right. Like until we get away from just burning powder and shooting a bullet out, nothing's going to be that game changing. The other interesting tidbit is, uh, us law is based on firearms. Like the law specifically states that, you know, the firearms taught, you know, propelled by fire, that sort of situation. So uh, as of this point, according to us law, a gun like this, to my knowledge is not restricted in, in any way. Um, yet. So theoretically you could have a full auto. What are these guns called? How, what's the word? Gauss rifle. Gauss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could have a full auto Gauss rifle and it would be hundred percent legal. It, it'd be no different under us law than a freaking full auto BB gun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The problem is the way this stuff works is full auto. Isn't really like you'd have to have such high power to be able to run like what you, you know, like a round per minute count as sure. full auto. So like this thing at full power, will or at 50% power will it do a hundred rounds per minute. Right. And that's at 50% power. But if you want it at full power, it'll do 20 rounds a minute. So that's one round every three seconds. That's just what it takes for charge time to send that projectile. They actually, they do have a full auto. They also have a pistol. If If you go to their website, it's on there. I'm assuming it's, it's, it's a much smaller projectile. I didn't look at the size of the projectile. It is a smaller rifle and it is way less powerful. I mean, that one, yeah. I think, was like 45 foot pounds of muzzle energy or something like that. Yeah. So I think that's like the thing, right? Is you have to be able to 
charge up enough power quickly enough to shoot that projectile out. But if you have a smaller, lighter projectile, it doesn't take as much energy, right? So it doesn't take as long to create that charge, push the projectile out. So I think that's where you would get a rate of fire increase. Yeah. Do these things have any recoil? I I wouldn't think they would, would they? I don't believe so because the reason you get recoil out of a yeah. out of a, a firearm is because of that explosion in there. Well, this doesn't have an explosion. It's just no, it wouldn't have any recoil. It, well, it, I think you're just uh, it might. pulling and pushing the projectile with magnets, right? Essentially, yes. So, I mean, you're going to have the pull and a push, and a pull and a push, and those are all going to kind of equal itself. It might have. I mean, you can feel it move, but I don't yeah. think it's going to have really a recoil impulse. Yeah, probably not. Going to be minuscule right. if there is any. Yeah, right. I can't. I can't see it having any recoil. Like Johnson said, I'm sure you can feel it. Um, That's weird but, to think about being able to fire a half inch fucking projectile though without any real recoil. Yeah. Physics, man. It's pretty cool. Josh says Newton's law, it would have to have at least some. Yeah, but not like... Well, I mean, I guess now that you think about it, theoretically, I mean, if you're if you're accelerating, uh, you know, a 50 cal bullet from nothing to, you know, a couple hundred feet per second like that, it is going to have... A, I assume there would be some pushback now that I'm really thinking about it. But the well, yeah, that's not a. But that's not that's the thing though is it's not a physical force being applied to that bullet to project it. It's an electromagnetic force, right? But there would still be some force because there's going to be resistance to that bullet. Mm-hmm. It takes it takes it takes force to start any object moving. So you're gonna have. You know, there right. has you're to turning be- on the electricity to the electromagnet. Say you just had the steel at the, you know, at your chamber basically, and all you had was your electromagnet at the end of the barrel, and you're going to pull that bullet out the end of it, and you shut it off, shut the magnet off right before the bullet gets to it, right? So it's accelerating from the chamber all the way to that magnet at the end of the barrel, and then it shuts it shuts that electromagnet off before the projectile gets there, and it just continues to free float out the barrel. Tell me where the recoil back to your shoulder comes from. If it's pulling the bullet out of the barrel, there's still friction between the projectile and the well, barrel. That, and that's yeah. technically that's not the way that technically it works. There's, I assume, there's electromagnetic uh, electromagnets that are lining that whole thing and not just at the end. But anyway, yeah, it's pulling and pushing. But if but you if, have a pull and a push, it's going to be those are going to cancel each other out. But if you I'm not I'm not disagreeing that it's gonna it's not barely gonna have any recoil whatsoever, but I believe it would be some because there's a, an, a, a static yeah. object and to get that moving, your your gun is going to have to move a little right. bit. It's just going that's the nature of physics. It's so, going to have some, but it is comparable hmm. comparable to actual firearms, it's gonna be minuscule. Right. So what I'm trying to say is when you have that magnet at the end of the barrel, right? Not only is it going to pull the projectile towards the end of the barrel, it's going to pull the magnet back to the projectile too. But the fact that that has so much more mass behind it is the amount of force that that bullet sees being pulled towards the magnet versus the magnet being pulled towards the projectile 
is going to be so minuscule that right you're not going to see a discernible amount of recoil whatsoever yeah i agree i agree i i googled do coil guns have recoil and google the the give me the answer it says every weapon you don't specifically design to be recoilless has recoil <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> helpful um uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see where this goes in the next even 10 years though um i think it'll be cool. it'll probably be longer than that before anything real practical <laughs> practical comes out of it i mean they got a they got a lot of uh things to make it and go overcome to make it useful for defense right but the 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 rough idea is there now it just takes improving yeah. it and minimize or you know making it smaller and everything so you know 10 20 30 years it'll, it'll be there eventually i guess don makes a good point here uh Everlasting gobstoppers fit in a paintball gun, just an FYI. Mm, yeah. But he says, uh, would love to see what that Gauss rifle would do with the Tesla gel cell battery. So I think that's a good point as far as the future of this stuff as battery technology increases, you know, and we can make smaller batteries that have more power. You know, if we could really downsize this thing from a 20 pound and this thing is not small physically either. It's huge. Right. So you get the battery smaller, you start making the coils smaller and, you know, you can really compact this thing and actually pack a lot more punch into it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, look, look at the size of the computer that landed the, uh, the first spacecraft on the moon, you know, it was as big as a freaking room. Now this tiny little dinky phone has more computing power than, you know, times probably what a thousand, a hundred thousand more times computing power than that freaking thing did. Um, so it's just going to take time and time and technology to advance. And we, we will get there. I think I do. I think I'm, I do think something like that is the future. Oh, definitely. It's the future. I it's hard to say when, I don't know. Are, I don't know if we'll actually ever. Maybe we may get the opportunity, but we'll probably be still be sticking to our old traditional fucking firearms. Oh yeah, until By we're time, dead. You know, thirty yeah. years from now, I'm gonna be sixty-five. I'm gonna be. I guarantee you, I'm gonna be an old fuddy-duddy that's still carrying a, a Glock nineteen. <laughs> a Glock 19. Wow, you're not giving up on those fucking things, huh? Well, I wore a 43X, I should say, but yeah. Sam, your video is locked up. Uh, Stop well, it and start it again, Hoss. I was on pause. Stop video. Start video. How's that? Is well, that better? Well done. Bandalions. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, uh, any more thoughts on the Gauss gun? I'm excited to get on to the next subject. Oh, you are, huh? Okay, yeah. let's get on to the next subject then, everyone. Um, I'm sure, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sure most everyone here has heard about the rare breed FRT-15 trigger, which is 
a force to reset trigger. We talked about it a while back on on this show. I'm not the person that should be explaining it, but what it does is it forces the trigger when the bolt carrier returns. It forces the trigger to reset, and it essentially it makes it makes it you be able to shoot a whole lot quicker. <laughs> and uh, if you're watching videos of it, it can be construed as a fully auto trigger. And the false, a- false. It, it if, when it's shooting, it looks like it's fully auto. But what, that's what he said. It can be const- it can be misconstrued. People can watch a video of it being shot and think it's full. It can be mistaken for full auto in video. Okay, sure. <laughs> Your video's frozen again, and you look retarded. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, hey guys, love it. We called this from the the start that. The ATF would be all over this. Although it did, I'll admit it did take a little bit longer than I thought. How Johnson's videos frozen. <laughs> For the love of Pete, the shit show. Oh, why can't technology told is the after. be our friends? I'm not going to tell you guys next time, and you're just going to be stuck looking stupid the rest of the episode. Well, I mean, hey. Anyways, as predicted, the ATF did not take kindly to this to this uh, product. So they issued a cease and desist letter to the company and Rare Breed was not having it. They pretty much told the ATF to get bent and it was very, very satisfying. I found out today the owner of Rare Breed, the guy that wrote the ATF the letter back telling them to get bent, he's a lawyer and he sounds real smart to me if you guys uh we probably should have got that if somebody can find that link and put it in the comments for it to the letter oh. or the letter yeah the yeah. letter it's fantastic I got it up here. yeah i have it all printed out here but yeah i it got is, it here yeah boom, so boom, do i sam boom. um well, i'll just what Let's just just to clarify before you get into the that what's going on in the letter. Um, to clarify, the only thing it does is a forced reset forces a trigger forward. The only way that you can fire in this fully auto like mode is basically, you know, just put the right pressure on it. So every time you're still hitting the trigger to go back, but you're just be, you're able to fire extremely quick. It's not it's 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 not anything different than a semi-auto trigger. So go ahead, Box. Absolutely. Um, and this, when the ATF had this letter delivered to them, they actually had an, an agent and someone else come to the business and deliver it to them, and it wasn't just mailed. Uh, he writes, "I write to, in response to your letter." which was provided to me by hand delivery on July 27th, 2021 by you and Amy Fryermuth. Your letter directs RBT to cease and desist all manufacture and transfer of the FRT-15 and to contact ATF within five days of receipt of this letter to develop a plan for addressing those machine guns already distributed. It goes on and says the letter bases its directives on an alleged examination finding that the FRT-15 has been properly classified as a machine gun as defined in the in the NFA. While the letter refers to such examination in its fir- first paragraph, I say alleged above because you stated during our July 27th conversation that you have not seen any examination done by the ATF concluding that the FRT-15 is a machine gun. 
Neither had Mrs. Fryermouth, Fryermouth, seen any such examination, and neither of you had a copy that you could provide. And he later in the letter demands strict proof of the examination, including an unredacted copy copy of what I expect is a report of technical examination from the examiner within the firearms technology branch. In the absence of that, I must demand an unredacted copy of whatever other examination led to the issue issuance of the letter. I have more to read, and we can continue on later on la on that. But that's that's how he starts the letter. It's a very so it's a lengthy letter, so I'm not going to read the mm -hmm. entire thing, obviously. And there's a lot of good stuff in there. But yeah, I'm that's that that was interesting to me. I kind of I feel like after I found out that the owner of Rare Breed was the lawyer, and reading this very well thought out letter it seems to me that he fully knew what he was doing from the very fucking beginning and this 100%. and this trigger was kind of um bait he wanted oh, to create sure, dude. He, just lit the fuse, man. He, he wanted some wanted to create something as close to a machine gun as possible that he knew he could legally defend that the yeah, atf so would come after and he has he has, at this point after reading this letter, it, it sounds like he has the ATF backed into a corner legally. I mean, to, oh, get, yeah. to get around this, the ATF is going to have to do ATF things and just be like, Which they will, mm, but yeah. we're not going to do that. The problem, and Box, you've read the letter, so you know this, but it, it says on the third page um, that they have already approved a forced reset trigger, the 3MR trigger, and that has been mm -hmm. around uh, okay. since 2013. It mm -hmm. says neither of them says both that trigger and the FRT-15 is our force reset triggers. Neither convert a semi-auto firearm into a machine gun. Um, and back on the first page, he says, uh, Rare Breed disagrees with this conclusion, which, which suggests the FRT-15 can shoot more than one round by a single function. This is important, single function of the trigger. Now, why that is important is because that is U.S. law that our Congress has passed. A machine gun is, is defined by when you pull the trigger, a single function of the trigger allows it to keep shooting until either the, the, the magazine is empty or you release the trigger. This does not do that. There is no, I don't care what lawyer argues in what courtroom, there is no one on this planet that can say, forced reset forcing that trigger back forward and you have to press it again to to mm -hmm. get another shot that is not a single function of the trigger and i don't care what how you twist it or word it it is not a machine gun there it's it's just not um and then on the second page he talks about um he sincerely hopes that the ATF did not base their cease and desist letter on a video depicting a semi-auto rifle firing while equipped with the FRT-15. We both know a firearm's cyclic rate is not relevant to whether a, a firearm is a machine gun. So what he's saying is it doesn't matter how fast this thing is, is able to fire. It is not a machine gun by definition of U.S. law that our Congress has passed, and it doesn't matter if the ATF dislikes it. Frankly, I, I don't see how the ATF wins this court case. I think. And I just want to note the, the link that I shared is actually um, two, two more response letters 
to the ATF that they they provided as evidence um, in their you know um, in their favor. Basically, they had their own um, evaluations done. Basically, yep. By former ATF agents and an independent. Um, I don't remember what this dude does. Firearms training and interstate nexus consulting. So they had a couple of different independent consultants come in and view this and get their legal opinion on whether they believe this is a machine gun under um, current definitions. And both of which have very good credentials, right? They Both of these consultants that they did were ex ATF agents and, you know, work have worked in the, um, basically the firearms technology industry for a very long time. Um, and both of which found it was a semi-automatic trigger that allowed you to shoot semi-automatic very quickly. So, um, that, and I mean, these guys knew, like you said, box, this dude knew what the hell he was doing. Cause if you look at the dates on, on these letters from these independent consultants, look at the dates on them. the dude from, uh, firearms training and interstate nexus consulting that was done on May 4th of 2021. The trigger had already been out for months. The ATF hadn't written, written him a letter yet. This dude already knew <laughs> what was going on. He had preemptively had these independent consultants go and do these things. And the other one is from July 31st. Well, in in the in his original letter that we were reading, he before it was even manufactured, he had ATF guys in there consulting yeah. with him. And, mm-hmm. and then, uh, yeah, they even did a review themselves before it was manufactured, yep. and they determined that it was not a machine gun. Yeah, and then he's got these letters dated May 4th and July 31st, both of which were before the ATF sent him a letter to cease and desist. So that, I think it's that's all evidence towards he knew that this was going to be lighting the fuse to something big, and he had done his homework and got his ducks in a row way beforehand. Well, there's a theory going around the internet right now that, that this is, was a setup and he knew exactly from the beginning that, you know, what he was doing, how mm-hmm. is rare breed associated with spikes tactical? I didn't know. That uh, they are a subsidiary company or a filed company to spikes tactical. So there's a, there's a theory going around that what their, their own, you know, buy them kind of, but they are set off separate from them with their own FFL, their own actual yeah. company. And, and specifically for the reason or the reason of going, of, of getting this to court. Yeah. So if, if the ATF comes down on rare breed, that spikes is set off from this. And I don't know the truth to that. Um, but there's a few other important points in here that I wanted to, that I wanted to note that I, that I feel are, are important. Um, and this is right below. It talks about, it talks about the previous, uh, time that the ATF approved that three MR trigger, the other reset trigger back in 2013. And it talks about, uh, the Supreme court has ruled that due process bars enforcement of criminal statute statutes where an agency improperly changes course with respect to conduct it deems unlawful. Um, and it goes on. Um, but what they're saying is 
they can't just say that this is legal. Oh, but this time it's illegal. There's, mm-hmm. there's a process that they have to go through as far as notifying the public of any changes and stuff like that. So essentially by deeming this three MR trigger legal back in 13, they painted themselves into a corner because now they literally can't say that the, the FRT 15 right. isn't legal. They've painted themselves into a corner. Um, and, and the, the but last they'll just change the definition like they do without any kind of you know procedure or anything they'll just say well we changed our mind here's our new definition and now the frt they, and the other one are both illegal now but they can't because according to u.s federal so, law passed by the congress that won't stand up in a court of law and frankly i think rare breed they've they've known this from the beginning they He's well aware of what's going to happen, and he knows that the ATF is going to do exactly what you say he's, they're going to yeah. do. Yeah, they're going to try it because, I mean, think about it. They did it with bump stocks, and they they just said, well, that's a machine gun. Well, even though that's been appealed, they're still, you know, they still got that manufacturer to stop making them for how long? And, you know, but a lot rare- of people got rid of them, yep. you know? But rare breed is not that manufacturer. They already said fuck you, and they're they're still selling these things. By the way, you yep. can still purchase these on their website when they come in stock. And frankly, I think there's a lot of people that are going out and buying them just to support the company. I'm kicking around the idea myself. Um, and a few, a couple. I'm sorry, guys. A couple other things that I want to touch on here. Um, it says farther down in the letter that rare breed seems to be the only one here who has done its due diligence prior to acting. Meaning that the Which ATF is hilarious. Yeah, I love the that. A- <laughs> Frankly, it doesn't even sound like the ATF reviewed this trigger in person. They, no, they watched YouTube videos. Exactly. So they 100%. they didn't do anything. They didn't look at prior rulings of their own. They just saw it and like, yep, we better rule out a machine gun. Um and it also says, please understand that the orders you ask or follow to you ask us to follow regarding uh, relating to rare breed must have basis in law and fact. That's important because they're they're not in law and fact. And the last thing I will say about this, they're seeking a rare breed is seeking um, a request to uh, seek declaratory and injunctive relief or preliminary preliminary injunction and get this temporary restraining order on the atf <laughs> uh, I, I, missed, I missed the restraining order part that's yeah so that's satisfying right there yeah that is that's hilarious so i am i'm thoroughly pleased by by this development um and i think no matter i don't it doesn't really matter which way this goes. It does, obviously. It has huge ramifications. But I'm saying as far as a the company, they're like solidifying themselves in the fucking like the hall of fame of firearm companies at this point for, oh, what, for, sure. for what they're doing to the ATF. So I, I applaud them. <laughs> Definitely. This is this is excuse my friends, but fucking awesome. Yep. There's one part that you skipped over down at the bottom, Sam, where he says, I stand ready to receive the information demanded above. Until then, RBT must respectfully decline the letter's demands. Make no mistake, (laughs) RBT will fully cooperate with any reasonable ATF investigation. However, it cannot simply, I don't know what that word is, some French shit, a or whatever, to the destruction of its business based upon 
ATF fiat that finds no support in its prior rulings or applicable applicable law, rule, or regulation. I just love how he's like, I respectfully decline. I'm just, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no. no. You're making a bunch of people felons by manufacturing machine guns. No. <laughs> no, we're nah. not. Go fuck I don't think so, Tim. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, I was thinking during... Sam, when you were talking about the uh, the last trigger, the 3MR that got acquiesce was the word. Ah, yeah, never heard that word in my life. <laughs> I was thinking about when they the difference between the 3MR and this letter, why they would approve that one. I was looking at videos of the 3MR earlier, and I think the only reason that that one got um, approved is because the videos that were posted on it back then none of them were firing very fast. They were shooting like 0.15 splits, 0.16 splits, something like that. And uh, there was one or two where I, where I saw just for a brief second there, they got down to 0.1 split or something like that. But with this FRT, it seemingly makes it a little bit easier to, to fire, to fire so much quicker, quicker, even though they are the same operation, essentially. Right. And I think that's the only thing that the ATF has on was like we saw people shooting this one faster, so we're gonna we're gonna have to go mm -hmm. ahead and shut that down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But like the guy stated in the letter, cyclic rate is has Don't absolutely zero bearing on it. You know, yep. and uh, yeah, it's the reason. I think the reason that they could get away with what they did with the bump stocks is because essentially your finger wasn't really doing anything. I mean, it's still bullshit. Obviously, I disagree with the whole state with the whole thing on bump stocks. Um, but essentially your finger really wasn't doing much where, you know, it was just sitting there. Whereas this one, you 100% are activating the trigger every single time and there's no way to make it seem like that's not happening. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. I think I there's no way you can look at it and say that it's a single pull of the trigger. Mm -mm. If you look at an actual like slow mo video of how it operates, oh no, there no. totally is a way. A, a liberal will find a way. It's not going to make sense, but they'll find a way to say that that's but that's one pull. This is exactly, 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 exactly. I'm going to say I fucking told you guys so. I fucking told you that when Trump's ATF went after the bump stocks, this is exactly what we said would happen. They would go after triggers, bulk carrier groups, whatever the fuck they wanted mm -hmm. to, because they make stuff fire too fast. We told you this was going to happen. So this yeah. is no surprise to anybody. But this is an extremely important one because if the ATF somehow finds a way to squeal out of, to squirm out of this, um, it's going to spell bad news for the industry, but I don't believe that I, I don't see how it, how they possibly could. What they're going to do is rewrite the NFA and it's going to include semi-autos and it's not even going to matter what the FRT is. That, that's probably a valid point. They might try and do that, but that's going to take 100 another. They 100% are. That's like already a thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, I agree. They're going to try and do that, but it's going to take another Las Vegas or Newtown. Uh, or something far worse before they actually are able to accomplish that. Before the ATF arbitrarily makes some fucking made-up rules? 
<laughs> I don't I don't know, man. They seem to do pretty good on that on their own with that. Yeah. Uh speaking of which, guys, if you're still watching this, thank you. We love you. But tonight, I it may be over already. But if you have not commented on the ATF's uh change of de- definition of what a receiver and a firearm actually is, it's done as of I think as of midnight. It may be done already, but if you haven't commented or even if you have, get your ass over to the ATS website and comment on it because as of tomorrow, it's done for. If you haven't, we're greatly disappointed in you. Right? We're not mad. We're just disappointed. No, I'm mad. I'm legit mad. Mm. <laughs> it's supposed to hurt worse when you say you're disappointed in them. Sam. Um, no. Okay. Sorry. I'm greatly disappointed. We're trying to hurt their feelings. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah. I did have a don't carry that shit, but honestly, it's not that interesting. <laughs> so we can, we're, we're over an hour, so we can save that for next time. Sure. It's been a great episode. Let's, yeah. Anyway, so we're good. Absolutely. Josh says, how? Are they going to outlaw uh, Jerry Michalek's booger hook also? And the weird Maybe. thing is, I, Possibly. if you watch Jerry using triggers like this, he can't. He, he sucks at it. Unable at it. Because he's, he's been doing it. that same, the same shit for so Dude, fucking long. His muscle memory, he can't like get into like, at least with like the echo trigger. He cannot get that cadence right. There's no. no way for him to unlearn the millions of rounds that he has shot through an AR trigger. He can't unlearn that. So it just doesn't work. Oh, this, for some reason, this reminds me. One thing I thought was way cooler about the 3MR trigger is it had three three modes. It had safe, mm-hmm. semi, and then taccon mode or whatever they call yeah. it because taccon was the manufacturer of the three on mm-hmm. i thought that was thing? bad yeah you can go to oh, you, yeah, can go, you can go buy one it's 300 bucks yep huh interesting so you're probably right. better off buying one of those because they're gonna nobody's gonna fucking remember them but rare so breed is gonna only, get shut the fuck down the only benefit to buying a rare breed is you're basically giving money to the legal fight against the ATO. Yep, 100%. <laughs> Darren's asking, 100%. is the one that turns any parts for any gun into a firearm still open? That's 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 the one that Sam was talking about, Darren. Yes. Re- get your over there. Get your ass over there and comment on it right now if it's not closed already. It's closing, I believe, at midnight. Um, so get over there and comment on it. Um, Don, our lone uh, guy that's been commenting on the YouTube, <laughs> He's one I was going to save this for the end, but I love it. I love this comment. What's that, Johnson? Which one? Uh, in the words of Captain Barbosa, I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request at this time. That means no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you read it because that would have taken me like four minutes. <laughs> Uh, I don't doubt that. Don's one of those guys that says, we didn't land on the moon. Oh, you're one of those guys, are you, Don? Uh, Actually, that should be in our conspiracy theory uh, podcast. Whenever we do that. We need to do that. We need to stop talking about it because we we told them that we were going to do it like 800 episodes ago. (laughs) Let's do it for episode 69. Ooh, I like that idea. Write it down. What episode are we on? 64? Four. 664 or something. Oh like that. my god, that's almost too long. Yeah, we're gonna forget about it till then. Yeah. What episode's this episode? As we're starting to record 69. <laughs> Weren't we supposed to do something for this? <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> Actually, between between Gears and Beers and Life Short Live Free podcast, this is like 101 or 102, something like that. So we just yeah. we just hit 100 total episodes. Can you guys believe that shit? Yeah, totally can. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have yeah. thunk? That's, that's how numbers work. I, I, it wasn't too long ago. We were just over there sitting on the freaking couch. You're the man, Don. Don says he he says, "Yeah, I'm in for the conspiracy theory episode. I'll remind you every week from now on." (laughs) Don, you you need to get over to our website and watch there. That is actually working now. Well, don't tell them to watch there now because we're done. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, next time. Next time. Yeah, next time. So the the yeah, as the uh the website is working, the the video on the website is working. So I'll tell you what. Um next time we will give away uh, a bunch of shit to anybody who's watching on the website, including patches, um shit like this. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say the website or Twitch since the chats are connected. Oh. Yeah, I'm not but sure I want how to tech, how how to tell them <laughs> on the website. There's really no way to do how that. to tell if they're on Twitch or the website. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. It is what it is. But anyways, yeah. Next time, you guys, we finally got it working. That's what all the uh, Jesse going live like 47 times this afternoon was all about. But apparently, he got it figured out. So. Um. Yeah, and it's funny because Don said he didn't get a notification that we were live. Which I was like, well, that is some horseshit because I got 16 notifications <laughs> on my phone that we went live four <laughs> times testing before this. So, um, yeah, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed and click the bell for notifications. And then go to your notification settings. Double check your notification settings. If you're on your phone, make sure you have push notifications so it doesn't just go to your email and you ignore it for six hours. So, yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, we we got some awesome stuff coming up, guys. Some some pretty exciting things that I'm I'm stoked about. Um, as far as the website, the website's up and running. You know, we got all sorts of Sam. I told you we're not offering butt plugs. <sighs> Dang, <laughs> come on. Uh, no, we got some other some other really exciting stuff, or at least exciting stuff to me coming up. I mean, shirts are, are one of those things. I'm I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, but. Yeah, keep uh, keep your eyes on us, guys. We got some awesome stuff coming up that I'm, like I said, stoked about. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, that's the end of our show, folks. Thanks for hanging around. Thanks for um, joining in on the on the live chat. If you did that, if you're listening to us after the fact, we do this live every other Wednesday night at eight thirty on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and. Now on our website, lifeshortlivefree.com, which we would greatly appreciate if you if you watched there instead of these other places. We would like to get everyone moved over there. Yes, we do have to still use some commie platforms to broadcast over there, but eventually we will not have to do that, and we can be completely void of all this commie shit. We're kind of on our way out someday. Maybe a while, but we're working on it. So bear with us while we do that. Um, in the meantime, check out our sponsors, Shyworks at Shyworks.com and on Facebook and Instagram. Also, Ballistic Imagery at BallisticImagery.com, also on Facebook and Instagram. And um, uh, you can listen to our the other half of this podcast, 
on most major podcast providers under Life Short, Live Free. And I think that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Yeah. Did I forget anything? Why are you, why are you laughing at me? Oh, I'm not laughing at you. Josh Price, he ordered coin for me a long time ago, and I got I got to finish. I got one half of it done. I got to design the other side yet. Mm, um, I was just thinking about that the other day, Josh. So I will, I will. After this week is insane. We got um, we got golf stock coming up. I'm an organizer of a music festival. It's been kind of nuts. So speaking um, of which, if any of you are in the in the uh, area, Saturday, one o'clock, golf stock, Pearson Golf Course. Five bands, 15 vendors, lots of games. There's uh, three food trucks, some other shit going on. There's a lot of cool stuff happening down there. It's free, so you're really not missing out on anything. Just stop down at Pearson, and uh, we would love it if you stopped by and said what's up and listen to some music. It'll be a jolly old time. Yep, Ballistic Imagery and and, and myself, Shyworks, are both sponsors of that. So, uh, yeah, come check it out. Much appreciated. And uh, is that pretty much it, guys? Can I you know what else would be appreciated? Head on over to lifeshortlivefree.com. Pick yourself up an awesome T-shirt or a sticker, something cool. Go ahead and uh, sign up for a little subscription for, uh, what is it, notifications on the website. Isn't there a register thing on the website somewhere? Register for our newsletter. It gives you updates, sends you notifications when we upload new episodes, things like that. Yep. I think so, yes. 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 Yes, go over to go over to lifeshortlivefree.com, pick up your cool t-shirts and stickers and uh, sign up for the notifications on the website to be notified when we have new episodes up. That's all I got to say about that. Yep. All right, guys, thanks for sticking around. We'll be back in two weeks. Tell you till then, make sure you're checking us out on podcast uh, providers, letting your friends know about us. And uh we will see you in a couple weeks. And until then, remember, life short, live free. God bless. God bless the United States of America. And defund the ATF. And repeal the NFA.